Welcome back to Distinct Nostalgia by MIM. More than a podcast. Now on Distinct Nostalgia, a house with a door. One, two, three, four. Ready to play? What's the day? It's the day we meet an absolute legend of British TV, star of kids' shows, comedy, drama, soap, film and stage. Yes, through the round window, Ashley's been catching up with none other than Derek Griffith's MBE. Enjoy. It's great to chat to you for Distinct Nostalgia, Derek. I'm sure people say this to you all the time, but you're probably one of my earliest childhood memories I have of you... (laughs) On play school, and I also the other thing I always think of with you is you singing heads and tails. Heads and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're making me feel ninety six now. <laughs> <laughs> so what? So tell us what? Well, obviously, play school came first, didn't it? But that was in the early seventies. What? What did? You, how did you? What did you start off doing in the sixties? Well, well, I've always been an actor. I mean, yeah. you know, play school was a part time job. I was, they found me in theatre. They found me at Greenwich Theatre. They, they, I was playing a guitar and clarinet. They said, come and do play school. I didn't know what it was. Uh, so they had to educate me. So the whole thing about why I took it on was because with the guitar, the clarinet and the, uh, and the singing and the guitars, I wanted, to, I wanted to update children's music because it was in the 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I was happy to sit there and sort of compose and write, and which led on to other things. Yeah, of course, of course. So, but what like, we're talking about play school specifically, but what did you, what were you doing then up to that point? Did, had you done any telly before play school? Or you done? Oh yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd done. A, yes, I'd done. I did comedy playhouses. I was in the West End theatre. I was in the West End when um, uh, Barbara Windsor actually said to me, uh, the director of a program was looking for you, Dennis Main Wilson, who used to do all the goons and all the top stuff. And uh, that started that started the ball rolling. Uh, I heard about the job uh, from other actors, and they were all trying to get on it. And I said, "Why?" He said, "He said you do you record five programs, and you get five repeats. So the check comes in at ten ten episodes, you know, which is amazing in one week. So uh, because we were doing rep, um, we could ad lib, we could hold our own." Um, and uh, they never used to stop the machines when they were recording play school because it was too expensive. So if you went wrong, you had to get yourself out of it, <laughs> unless you said something foul, which I often used to. <laughs> um, so it was a good workshop. It taught me television, I must admit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So in those days, when I was watching it in the 70s, it used to come on around about, oh, about 11 o'clock in the morning, if I remember yeah, rightly. Yeah. It was on about, about 25. three in the afternoon, yeah. Yeah, about 25 minutes, roughly, probably. Yeah. Um, were were, were uh, the, the characters already established by the time you got there? Big Ted, Little Ted, all the rest of it? Oh, yes. I mean, it was a long-running thing. I mean, it had yeah. been on for years. I mean, uh, I think that was late 60s when it started. Um, or mid-60s, I can't remember. Um, no, I came into it, what, 71? Uh, 71, 72? Um, but I was in the West End. I was doing lots of theatre, so literally I, I didn't do it much. Uh, no. I, I did it the least of all the presenters. Um, you know, I did it about once every four or five months. I had left, and I was doing um, 
a West End musical, which Floella was in, and I told her to go and audition for ah. it, which, she, which of course she did, and away it went. Yeah, fabulous, fabulous. Well, that's the you know, the two people I remember from play school are you and Floella, basically. Mm. That's the, that's the main thing, which I'm sure a lot of people a lot of people probably tell you. So, what can go wrong on a show like Play School then? I mean, you've got these puppets, but they're not really they're not puppets in the sense of they've got characters, but you have to pretend they've got characters, don't you? Tell well, tell us a yes. bit about that. Well, the whole thing about um, the toys were they were another group of actors. And Big Ted was always falling on top of Jemima. And I used to have to look down and say, oh, stop doing that, Big Ted. And I'd put him up and I'd let him go again. So he'd fall back down on top of us. And, you know, and the kids would be, I know that the crew were having sticking handkerchiefs in their mouths. So I knew it was going down well. And I knew they wouldn't stop the machines (laughs) unless we said something untoward, which I didn't. But there was one time when they, 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 um, they got to the end of the programme and realised they were three minutes short and they couldn't run the, run the titles. So the woman, I heard this woman coming down the stairs from the director's box and she came up and she said, Mr. Cruz, we're three minutes short. Here's some, here's some plasticine, do something. And she, as she went off, the camera came round and the red light went on. I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> so, you know, you had millions in those days because there was only, what, three channels? Yeah, millions, and it wasn't just a small theatre. Uh, so I started rolling this plasticine, and it, you know, this big snake came up, came along, and that's when I saw the, <laughs> I saw all the, the cameramen getting their hankies ready, and I lifted it up, and it stood there like that, and I said, "What do you think that is?" Well, you could hear the squeals from the cameramen. <laughs> I said, "It's Nelson's column." Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, I got into every restaurant that was full. They kept, the, the Italian writers used to say, "Oh, you! I don't know how you got the rule. How you get away with it? It's absolutely disgusting." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's the sort of thing that used to happen. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So we got we got some questions from people, by the way, about play school. And uh, one question, simple questions. One question was, which window was your favourite window? Didn't have one. Um, I, I had the hardest thing was to remember which one I had to go through because the camera was always lined up on it. Uh, so no, I didn't have one. And and somebody else said Big Ted or Little Ted. Oh, Big Ted was the was naughty. Big <laughs> Ted was was in my gang. I mean, he was he was the bad one. I mean, I used to throw him amongst the amongst the girls and see what would happen. Um, <laughs> definitely. And of course, Umpty Dumpty. We can't forget Umpty Dumpty, can we? Yeah, yeah. He would never sit still. You know, wherever you put him, he'd roll over. But I, I used to carry on. <laughs> and Hamble was the was the um, was the ugly one, really. I mean, we used to play rugby with her around the studio, <laughs> and her arms and legs used to go. And people used to say, "Be careful, be careful. We often have royalty coming in." <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. did they did they revamp them? Are these were these the same uh, toys that they had for years? Did they? Change? I think they were the same toys. They get they used to get shampooed and cleaned, and uh, and and I remember going back to a reunion, and they said we couldn't show Humpty or Big Ted or what because somebody had stole it from the museum. Oh God, <laughs> that's how that's how you know valuable they were. Now these programs were obviously for little kids, but everybody, because as you said, very few channels at the time. So a lot of daytime viewers were not just kids, they were adults as well, yeah. and teenagers and all the rest of it. 
So you were getting, as you say, you were getting huge viewing figures and obviously massively recognised. What was the feedback that you got from the show? What did people, what we know, did people come up to you in the street and say things like I've just said about the round window and things like that? Would they, would they say something about the programme to you? Well, yeah, but they usually go on about something, some mistake or, or cheating that I'd done in a game or anything that was, um, was non-orthodox. They used to remember. And, uh, Anything I did, I mean, I had to do a caterpillar and I was going across the floor like that. And it looked like you were humping the floor. And of course, kids were saying, oh, that's great. That is, that's how a caterpillar goes. Where the, all the adults were going, it's disgraceful. <laughs> it's, it's synthetic love, synthetic love making. And uh, again, the Italian waiters used to go mad for that when I went, do the caterpillar. I said, I can't do it here. <laughs> and, and of course you you mentioned we mentioned at the beginning about the the, the the singing and the dancing and that kind of thing. that was a big part of it yeah and obviously something that you really really cared about and as you say you were trying to introduce new you know new things to to the kids what do you what do you remember about that side of it did you have to rehearse a lot of those routines or, or was oh, it well like, you, to, to a degree you you would you, you would skimpily rehearse it because we had wonderful musicians we had fantastic people um, um, really good musicians. So you'd find the key, and that would be it, and you'd do it on the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was a song I didn't know, then you would tape it, I'd take it home and learn it. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, there was very little preparation uh, to, to that extent. I mean, because people were just, they let people fly. Now, play school went on for a quite a long time. You were in it for, a, you were you were a presenter for a fair long time. Were you, were you there for about... Ten eight years, years eight years was it eight years yeah 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 uh, a, a long time so you became you became a staple didn't you everyone knew basically who you were yeah. um on tv you and floella i think as say were the ones that certainly stood out for me at the time are there any disadvantages of being a children's tv presenter there were none for me um apart from people saying are you shirley bassey um <laughs> the um uh, no, it was. It always stood me in good stead, and uh, I mean, I was filming in Namibia, and I got picked up one morning from the hotel to go to the to the uh, to the location, film location, and black guy turned around. And he said to me, "I know you from television." I said, "We don't get any television out here," so I'd have got the repeats. He said, "No, no, I used to go to school in England, and I watched play school. I couldn't believe it." I'm going through the Namibian desert in a taxi, and this guy says he's watched Play School. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's, it's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it was, it was, it was, and, and yeah, and it sort of it, and it was eventually, wasn't it, sold to different countries? And I think Australia yeah. had a Play School version, yeah, and yeah. various other countries had different versions. Of which I think the Australian one is recently. I think it was still going until recently, and they, they put it into their the Australian sort of. TV Hall of Fame kind of thing, you know. All right, I, I but it's exactly know. the same format that was done yeah. by you know by the lady here, who is still around, isn't she? The lady, who, the lady who created Play School, is still with us. She's still around. Who, who is who? Who are you talking about? Name now. Let me have a check. But yeah, she's still with us. Joy Whitby. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she's yeah. she, she's ninety one. Ninety one. Oh, fantastic! And yeah. still around, still around. Um, and she created it in nineteen. 19- yeah, we were talking about how long it had been. It started in 1964, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. It goes back a long, um, a long way, a long way. Um, great, fantastic. Now, so the other thing that I remember you doing was, as well as play school, as a kid, 
was heads and tails, heads and tails. But what was all that? Just remind me. Prick up, you know, tell me what that was that you would was that was that something I can I get me my my memory of that period sort of goes a bit blurred because I was a kid. So what was what where did that come from? Well there's a brilliant creator at the BBC who was also a director on Play School called Michael Cole. And he came to me one day, I was working on a production in Ealing Studios, and he said to me that um, he'd got a lot of footage of wild animals and he wanted to string it all together. And would I narrate it? And uh, he'll give me the lyrics and would I do the music? And I said, yeah, okay. And that was it. It was literally done on a shoestring and it was hugely, hugely successful. So was that just a one, was that a programme or was that just an act? Assault. No, no, no. It was a, it was a, it was a series. I think there was about two uh, series of just wild animal um, uh, footage with narration and music yes. To, yes. to go along with it. I remember it now. I remember it now coming back, coming back to me. So yeah, no, that, that was fantastic. That, it's weird, isn't it? What sticks in your mind? The little things that stick in your mind. The other thing that stuck. I mean, your to be honest, your your voice always sticks in my mind. I always, you always know it's your voice, and you've become known for your voice over the years. And, of course, you've added your voice to quite a few different things over the years, haven't you? Yeah. Um, now, I, I I was a kid of the 70s and 80s, and I used to watch children's TV, and there was always a bit of a rival between the, as a kid, between BBC and ITV, which one would you watch, which one didn't you watch? And you were the voice of, what when ITV revamped its children's telly, you were the voice of Watch It, weren't you, at the beginning, right? At the very beginning. The, the, the oh, thing probably, called, I can't remember. I've done so many, yeah. That was the, you were the continuity announcer. Uh, Yorkshire, I think it was Yorkshire TV. I think. Oh yeah, 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 uh, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, and you did quite a bit at Yorkshire, didn't you? Didn't you do quite? Yeah, a I did. Yeah, I did. A, I did a mime show for the deaf. Yeah. Uh, I did lots of things at Yorkshire. And you did. You did another program I always remember. Um, with, Don't ask me. Yes, that's it. With Magnus Pike and David yeah, Bellamy, and that's right. Yeah, this Miriam Stoppard in it. Miriam Stoppard. Yeah, yeah. With how many of those did you do? Oh, God knows, I can't remember. Probably about six or seven. That's about it. But that was an interesting series because it was bef- it was it was ahead of its. Well, it was unique. Yeah. It was unique. It broke the mold. Yeah. Um, it certainly did. I, I haven't seen anything like it since in its format. Um, no, it was it was uh, it, it was interesting. But, yeah. but I think yeah. it, it, it's a short span life. Six or seven was about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you had to be. Um... They needed characters on that, didn't they? And you were you're a character, you're somebody who can bring things to life. And you got characters like Magnus Pike and David, you know, and not a lot of people today will not remember who Magnus Pike is, but I remember who Magnus Pike. I remember him with his hands and in the air and all oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. What what, what what were they like? Just remind us what were they were what they were like. They were mad scientists, and uh, and I used to think, God, they were all brilliant. But my, Magnus was standing in the corner waiting to go on, and I said. You already said, I don't know, and out of each pocket, he brought notes. So he was all jammed up with all the gear just before he went. So it wasn't sort of like a man bopping in his head. He had to pre- prepare. So uh... we'll be back after a quick break. You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Nah, man. So do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little? You mean? Yeah, yeah. We all we all artists over here, man. I'm Y'all already? Yeah, oh, I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying, oh, yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn, yeah. Look, 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 look. We all artists, man. We go. You feel me? We gonna have this like 
Me and my man, like me and my man Kai, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit. Right now. This I gotta lie, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I gotta lie, don't play with it. Don't play with it. No. Take that shit. Sir. That that helped. I thought I'm not so bad after all. <laughs> and it was done in front of an audience, wasn't it? In uh, in Leeds, I think. That's right. And, yeah. Uh, you had see, and they they each one they'd come on and they they champion something, wouldn't they? Each each yeah. person would champion a particular thing. Yeah. And um. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. David Bellamy and and some of the stu- some of the stuff was 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 mind boggling, wasn't it? Some of it. Was well, David really- Bellamy was brilliant. I mean, he was he, he was such he was such a lovely down to earth character. And I did a sequence with him. That's the only one I can remember. It was a big fish tank, and there was an electric eel. And he was talking about this electric eel, and I was standing next to him, and he said, "It doesn't always give you a shock." And he said, "Give me a hand," and gave me a hand to get him out. And I got I must have got about two hundred volts. And I shot into the air. He just had a good laugh. <laughs> <laughs> now yeah. back onto the children's telly. Um, you are you were you were very heavily involved in Bod, weren't you? Yeah. Tell us about, about that. Well, that was the same man, Michael Cole, who um, and his wife Joanne. She was a brilliant illustrator, and she did all the uh, all the drawings and illustrations. And uh, he came to me with the characters and said, "Could you?" do the music for the titles and the music for the, each character. And uh, which I did. And it, it, that, that took off and was phenomenal, really. Right. I mean, I mean it's had a lifeless um, success. It's, it's gone on in perpetuity, really. Yeah, and I don't think there were that many episodes of it, I don't think. I think no, it was quite, no. Quite short, wasn't it? You no. know, kind of thing. Here comes no. Bod. <laughs> Bless <Yeah. him. laughs> Yeah, and the pe- and the penny whistle the penny whistle theme was then put onto people's mobile phones. Yes. Yeah. Went everywhere. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Fantastic stuff. And and you were on the children's stuff. I mean, you've done. I mean, you've done tons and tons and tons. What what was the difference then between play school and play away? Was there much difference? Uh, for me. I only did a few. I didn't do many of those, um, but uh, because it came under the children's TV banner, everybody thought I was in every one, but I wasn't. I did very few of those. Um, the I did a lot. I did a lot of writing of music for it, and uh, which which was my the carrot for the donkey. Um, but uh, no, I didn't do many. No, no. There's a crossover, isn't there, between um, children's TV and schools TV, and you would often pop up on schools TV as well as children's TV. Yeah, on different things. So you were you 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 were in a, a series called Zip Look and Read for quite a while. You did quite a lot of. Yes, that's people. right. Yeah, yeah. But, but that was just voice and so, and and vocals. Yeah, 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 yeah. What was the was there a? I mean, was there much of a difference between doing the the two things, schools and 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 children's was it was there much difference? none at all i'm an artist you go into the di- and the director says i want this 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 and this and you give it and that's what you do i don't think of you know in terms of labels no uh, you just it's just doing the work yeah of course of course now you were talking about you were saying heads and tails and i've just discovered heads and tails you voiced and sang in 1978 that was 78 yep. heads and tails um you also did in more recent times, well, a little bit later, in the 80s, of course, when I say more recent, it's still 35, 35, 40 years ago. Um, you were also involved, of course, um, with Super Ted. 
Yeah. You're the voice of, of Super Dead. One of the voices of Super Dead, because they're different voices of Super Dead, aren't they? Tell us a bit about that. How did you get, how did you land that role? Uh, it came where they asked me to sing on the LP that they were doing of Super Ted to launch it. And I remember doing some tracks and uh, and then they said, right, we're going to do the voices. So we'll do them on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, we'll pull you in. We'll give you Sunday lunch and uh, and then we'll do the recordings in the afternoon. Well, actors having Sunday lunch and then going to a studio afterwards after a boozy lunch. It was outrageous. And some of the finest actors you could work with. And there was lovely Johnny Pertwee with me and Victor Spinetti and Melvin Hayes. So just a great, great crowd. And we had such fun. And Ashley's conversation with Derek Griffiths will continue in just a few minutes. Distinct drama. Fresh and original. Available now on Distinct Nostalgia, a trilogy of comedy dramas by Carl Chatty, starting with Soft Centres. When I think of how I've wasted my life here. Starring Sir Derek Jacobi as Frankie. Placing handmade soft centres and nut clusters into poncy dwarf coffins is hardly an achievement. And Joanna Lumley as Millicent. Oh, Frankie's well past this game. He's been here for 30 odd years. He'll be carried out in a box. <laughs> it's probably a gold chockey box with red bows and ribbons. And the story continues in Hard Centres. Well, I'm supposed to be retired, you know, but I'm back in the basement in my own little chockey grotto. <laughs> Starring Sir Derek Jacobi as Frankie and Imelda Staunton as Millicent. I hear I like your new hat, sis. I'll slap you in a minute, you cheeky <laughs> run. You know it is my hat, it's my hair. Sebastian, just done it. Incidentally, yes, and what's that dirty look for? Your senorita's gone, but not forgotten. My senorita! What did you do to her? Show your erogenous zone. And we conclude with Dark Centres, starring Sir Derek Jacobi as Frankie and June Brown as Millicent. Is there something going on between you two? Chant to be a fine thing, but I'm working on it. <laughs> Helen Lederer as Mrs Hamilton. So he's given someone a box of hard centres instead of soft centres. So what? That's what dentists are for. And Christopher Ryan as Mr Hamilton. Things are already at half cock. My tinnitus is getting worse, plus I can't sprint for a taxi anymore without wheezing and drawing on my inhaler. So that's soft centres, hard centres and dark centres by Carl Chetty. Available only on Distinct Nostalgia, wherever you get your podcasts. If nobody was told what you were meant to do, if there weren't any rules, we would be living in a totally different format. A brand new podcast featuring rarely heard voices from across the UK and around the world. Bisexuality is not really understood because people have biphobic tendencies. And the second you mention bisexual, just their ears pick up. Contemporary conversations around bisexuality. Oh, well, you're still confused, right? No, I'm not confused. We are questioned so much more than people when they come out as straight or gay. It's intense pressure of like, am I sure? You're literally like monitoring yourself. Every episode will include a very personal story as we try to paint a real picture of bisexual Britain. This is Bisexual Brunch. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you're a Blue Peter fan, you'll enjoy something special we've got coming soon. Tim Vincent is going in search of Valerie Singleton, and he'll be meeting one or two others along the way. Hi, Peter. It's Tim Vincent. How are you? Oh, hi, Tim. How are you? Nice to hear from you. I'm not too bad. i tell you why I'm ringing up. I'm trying to get hold of Valerie's number, by any chance. What, Singleton? Yes. Hmm. I'm not sure I've got it now. I've got an address somewhere. Well, I'm tempted to ask, why do you want Val's phone number, Tim? I'll only pass it on to you if you divulge why you want it. <laughs> Tim Vincent, as I breathe. What are you calling me for? What do you want? Hello? T- Tim? Tim? Tim Vincent. Tim Vincent. Oh, God. It's Tim Listen out for In Search of Valerie Singleton with Tim Vincent very soon on Distinct Nostalgia. Now, staying on Children's for a second, somebody asked us for your memories of film fun. Ah, well, that was a bit of a classic because I, I'd, I'd left the bead then and Granada came on the phone and said what do you want to do and so we had meetings and uh, they came up with an idea for cartoons and I love cartoons that's where I learned my comedy going to news theatres and watching Tweety Pie and Sylvester and Charlie Chaplin all the greats yeah and uh, I learned my comedy timing there and they said well we'd like you to just be the front man and introduce cartoons I said no 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 that's a bit boring I said I've just seen the greatest show on earth which was about a family with, in a film uh, with Peter Sellers, a family run cinema. And I thought, that's what I'll do. I'll play all the characters on Chroma Key. I'll play all the different characters and introduce them that way. And they said, OK, and that's how Film Fun was born. Fantastic. I don't remember Film Fun. I don't remember. It's, it's weird, isn't it? Get to it on YouTube. It's worth a look. It's worth a look. I remember, uh, what do I remember about film, films? I remember Clapperboard. With um, uh, Christopher, Chris Kelly. Could I call Chris Kelly? I don't know if he's still around. Do you remember that? Do you remember Clapperboard? No, I didn't. I it was don't like know. a film review programme that ITV yeah. used to do at one time. Yeah. So what was what was Granada like at that time? Because obviously, Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Tell us a bit about it. What, what was like? Granada, Granada was uh, the actor's joy to go to. Uh, they looked after you very well. People, people that had been sort of, brought up in the BBC, it was very Spartan, you know, and uh, if you asked for a five pound increase in your wages, they would laugh in your face. And, uh, and then a script would appear. I was living in Surrey at the time. A script would appear by taxi, which must have cost 15 to 25 quid. And they're moaning about giving me five, you know, I mean, ridiculous financial sort of um, situation. Um, Granada was wonderful. As you walk through the door, a brown stacked envelope with cash was put in your hand to say this is your expenses welcome to Granada uh, you know that man nearly used to get kissed every time he probably did and uh, it was a it was a great a good atmosphere yeah, yeah, yeah they welcomed you when I did film fun something that was never done at the BBC in all the years I was there I did a Christmas special of film fun and we really spent some, some hours on it and, and, and it was quite an expensive product. Um, the production was great. And uh, at the end of it, it went out on Christmas Eve or Christmas day. I can't remember. 
And I had to be back there next week. And I parked my car in the car park. And as I got out, I'm walking towards the door and I could see this suit, guy in a suit standing there, very authoritative. And he was looking at me and I thought, oh shit, have I parked in his space? I said, morning. And he said, Mr. Griffiths, I'm the um, controller of Granada. And I would just like to tell you that your episode of Film Fun got more, more screenings, he said more viewers than Midnight Cowboy that went out at the same time. Thank you very much. Shook my hand and disappeared. <laughs> I was so stunned, I couldn't believe it. Who was it? Who was that? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember. The time. Yeah, Director yeah. General of the Granada at that Granada time. At the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. No, I mean, it, it, it definitely had, a, I mean, the building's gone now, sadly. It's all over yeah. the city, you know that. Uh, it's um, it's not the same atmosphere. You know, you used to be no. able to walk in there and it, it oozed the heritage, you know. You, yes. You felt as though you were hearing Ina yeah. Sharples or Elsie Tanner yeah, in the yeah. background, you know what I mean? Yeah. She, I was a fan of Ina Sharples. And when they asked me to go to Coronation Street, I thought, oh, my God. I could play in the sharpers. Why don't they get off of me the part of in the sharpers? <laughs> I'd have dragged up and done it. We'll talk about Corey in a moment because we'll we'll come to that. But because you did over the years appear in quite a lot of the sitcoms as well, didn't you? You, yeah. were, you appeared in different things. So everything yeah. from I think you were in Till Death Has Depart, on the Christmas yeah. specials, you're in Please Sir, various things like Terry and June and, and things like that. What um what was it like transitioning from children's to comedy? And, no and different because things. was it easy uh, or not yes know, totally because yeah. i was i was an actor most of the time yeah, of course. yeah so uh the children's thing you just step into you're there for the week and you come out and you got you're back onto the stage yeah, yeah. um so it really was there was no transition period it was it, it was as easy as putting on a glove really but do you think what I'm, what I'm trying to say is because you you'd been um you were recognized for children's did, did that ever have a did it ever cause you any problems were you ever did you ever feel typecast by that? No, 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 that's good. No, because I'd set myself as an actor before I got anywhere near play school. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was always working as an actor while I was doing play school. So yeah. there was there was no drain from one to the other, you know. No, 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 no. So what do you remember about the comedy stuff that you were in then? What what's what what stands out in terms of the comedy the comedy programs that you were in, say, in the seventies? I think the short pieces I did with Morecambe and Wise, um, working with people like Barry Cryer, the writer, um, working with Terry and June, that was fun. We had a great time. And I then worked with Terry Scott in the West End on, uh, in, a, um, in, a, in a comedy play. Um, you, were, you were the prince in Terry and June. That's right, yeah. An Arab prince, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We had a lot of laughs, a lot of laughs. <laughs> I can imagine, I can imagine. And and what about what were what, I mean at the time as well? Um, we don't have to we don't have to go in massive detail on this, but I'm going to bring it up. You were one of the few. You, Floella, just trying to think of other people now. Um, Don Warrington, um, Trevor McDonald. Do we? You were one of the few black people on TV. Really, mm -hmm. let's face it. Shirley Bassey. Very few of it. Shirley Bassey, of course, yeah. Which you, as you say, you got to keep, keep getting confused, confused for. <laughs> um, what, what, what's your memories of that? I mean, obviously, you were, you were very, you were well known. Everyone loved you, loved you as, as, as actors and characters and all the rest of it on TV. Did you, 
you were booking a trend at the time. There wasn't many people out there who were, who were doing. No, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What, what's your memories of it? I mean, was it was it still a difficult? It was obviously a difficult time for other people. But what what what's your memories of that side of it? I didn't take that on board really because you know if somebody said to you, "Here's a job," you went for it like a wolf after a rabbit. Um, if I think the difficulty of answering that question is that you don't know how many people said, well, we can't have him because he's black. Yeah, 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 yeah. All I remember is working nonstop all the time with people that wanted me there. Uh, I did actually say on an interview once, well, um, no, I've never, I've never been typecast. I've always played different bits and pieces. And they said, what would you like to do? I said, well, I'd like to do a bit more Shakespeare. And I, I, won't, I won't be able to do Nell Coward because in the 20s and 30s, you know, there was nobody around of my colour to, to take on a lead role. And bugger me, um, months later, the Royal Exchange Theatre Manchester said, would you come and do Noel Coward nude with violin playing the lead? So there's your question answered. There you go, ahead of, ahead of its time, because that wouldn't be a problem now, would it? Yeah. At all, in any way, shape, form. What was, what was it like then being in, in, in programmes like, um, I don't think you were in, you weren't in Nearest and Dearest, but you were in... Um, you're in Till Death Has Do Part, which had a reputation. Yeah. I mean, people, I think, I personally think people get it get it wrong because I think, I always think the joke was on was on Warren Mitchell's character. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. But what was, what was your impression of it at the time? What's your impression of it now when you look back at it? Well, I think it was a brilliant piece of writing. Johnny Spate was a clever, 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 clever man. Mm -hmm. And uh, he just, want, he didn't think about, stars or black or white he just wanted to put across what was happening on his street that day yeah and that and that's what he did he wrote what he saw and embellished it yeah um the the, the scene i had with warren was to sell him a, a, a watch a dodgy watch in a pub and he's and when I used to go down Petticoat Lane as a boy, I used to stand and watch the guys go, right, no rubbish, no rubbish sold here. Here, come on, darling, give us your fiver. Come on, come on. No, don't touch the goods. They won't, they won't stand it. I mean, they had all the patter and it was non-stop. And that's what I did to, uh, to, to Warren. He didn't get, every time he went to open his mouth, I did pages more. And, and he, he, he gave me the money and took the watch just to get rid of me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, no, that was it. Was a good piece of. It was. It was very good. You're right. Exceptionally good writing. Really. We're looking for I mean, there, a window at life. Yeah, as it people, is. There were people know. just like him everywhere. Absolutely. Like How him. could we do that today with all the PC crap that's going on? You yeah. wouldn't give a, a, a decent account of it. And the same with nearest and dearest, wasn't it? You know, nobody shows that now. But the, but again, the, the joke was on the. Yeah. The, the, the racism, wasn't it? On the, yeah. you know, yeah. the person who's being racist. No, yeah. it's it's interesting. But as well as children, as well as as well as you know the dramas and things that you've been in, and you've been in quite a few of those from you know Casualty, Albie City, Silent Witness, all the rest of it, Midsummer Murders, etc., all those kind of things that you've been in. You were also in quite a number of films as well, mm -hmm. and quite a few of those films were comedy films. I'm just going to mention a few of them. Uh, you were in the Rising Damp film, which of course sadly came out um, after poor old Richard Beckinsale had died. Yeah. And Christopher Strawley had to more or less play play the part. And I know Chris quite well. And we've yeah. talked quite at length about how um, um, Leonard Roster gave him quite a hard time for in that. Basically, he wanted him to play like Richard Beckinsale. You yeah. Know? Um, what do you, what's your memories of, that, memories of that film? Do you remember it well? Uh, I'll tell you what. 
my memory of that film was I was working at ATV on the other side of the road in Elstree. Yeah. And they said, we want you to, could you come in and play the referee? I said, I'm under contract. I can't get away. They said, we could do it in a lunch hour. I said, all right. He said, tomorrow lunch hour and we'll do it. And he said, you just wing it. And I got into the ring, <laughs> did it in my lunch hour. I yeah. got off, went, went back to ATV and I can't remember anything about it it was like did i do that i can't remember Literally, this was the period enough. of course where they kept that whenever there was a comedy series on the tv they would make a film of, film of yeah, it. yeah yeah you don't do that anymore of course one of the other ones that you were in was uh you played in mir in uh are you being served yeah well that was again a lunch hour job and i, yeah. I you know i just rushed in did it and and, and left yeah um that was the one where they all went away on holiday, wasn't it? They were on, on their holidays or something. I, I think. Can't remember. It was um, a lunch hour. And then, <laughs> and then a few of the other ones were all comedy ones. Were up Pompeii, yeah, Steam Slave, yeah. Um, obviously with um, with Frankie Howard, yeah. Up the Chastity Belt. Um, what's the other one? The Elf Garnet Saga, which I only, I only recently discovered. Do you remember any of those? Any of those stand out for you? Uh, yeah, but it was all very short stuff. I mean, you know, it was lunch hour jobs, um, <laughs> uh, which they 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 put me in because they knew that if I they put me in a situation, just say go and I yes. would do something, you know. And they said, Great, that was fine, thank you, cut, thank you, Derek, bye. <laughs> uh, so, uh, it's something slightly different from the comedy, which I think you were perfect for, was of course. Uh, doing the voices in Watership Down. I remember that was off Good Street, in, in top, just off Tottenham Court Road. And we sat in the studio and all these eminent faces. I mean, there was just, you know, I, I was a lad then. And I thought, my God, all these eminent people. And uh, he said, right, let's get down. And uh, and they showed, they showed us the drawings, as they did in Super 10. They showed us the drawings of the character. And they said, that's the voice you've got to find. Yeah. And, uh, and that was it. Um, so, OK, then let, let's race up to very recently then and, and Coronation Street. Had you been in Corrie playing any bit parts before no. that? No. Because no. a lot of people have, have been in it and then come, come back later on. No, yeah. So what, what happened? How did you land your part in Corrie? It was a piece they sent me. They said, this is a new character we're thinking of putting in. Would you be interested? And they sent me a beautifully written piece about um, this guy. His wife, had, his wife had just died and he was talking to a, uh, uh, the lady who used to do her makeup and hair. And uh, it was so emotive. Uh, I, said, I said to my agent, I don't really want to do go into a soap for a length of time but you know maybe they'll just let me do this short piece so I went up I got on the motorbike went up there and uh, he said would you do that again I enjoyed it so much I said you want me to change it he said no just do it again and uh, by the time I got home they said yes so I thought in for a penny in for a pound so I I signed for a year, but I didn't want to do any longer than that. No, no. And you um, went there for, for a year, a year on Coronation Street. Yeah. Now, a year on Coronation Street 30, 40 years ago would have been, you know, a couple of episodes a week. It would have been, there would have been a lot of rehearsals and all the rest of it, because I've spoken to a lot of the, lot of the actors who, who, from back in the day. Nowadays, it's 
pretty intense, isn't it? So it was mm-hmm. quite an, it must have been quite an intense year for you, that. Um, quite honestly, the job was fairly simple. It was the journey that was hell because the M6 is a nightmare. Yeah. And that's what wore me down. Um, and after six months, I wanted out because I didn't want to do that journey anymore. Yeah, of course. Um, that that was the heaviest load. Yeah, you know, it was it was like um, grease clockwork. The the production production side of Coronation Street was run very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what do you, I mean? What do you remember? I mean, obviously, you were coming into it in 2016, 17. So there were people around who have been around in it for a long time. Still, you know, it was, it was people who you know like. Um, you know, um, you know, Barbara Knox and others, that kind of thing. You know, did you, how, how was that for you? Had, you? had you met any of them? Had you, did you, had you worked with any of them in the past? Uh, I, I knew Sue Nichols from uh, um, years ago in London and uh, I've always known her and her sister. So she was the only person I knew, but Barbara Knox was divine. And, and so was Bill Roach. I mean, oh, they were such lovely people. They, yeah. they were a joy to know. Yeah, yeah. So you've you've got that one ticked off. You did. You've done Coronation Street. You you pleased to have done Coronation Street then? I'm surprised. Are you really? I I I, did, I never thought I'd get involved in a soap. I mean, I've turned down a lot of those offers because um, I, 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 I have a fear of being stale. Yeah. Um, you've got to keep it fresh. Uh, that's the hardest thing is in a West End show that you sign up for a year. How do you keep it fresh? And the the awful nightmare is when it starts to slip away. Yes. And the laugh that you had on the first two months, you're not getting anymore. No, no. no. And that's it's stale. It, it, you get you get um, overconfident and uh, and lazy. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you need a good. It needs a good shaking. It takes a lot of discipline. Of course, of course. Now um, you're still going strong. You're still doing stuff. And mm-hmm. several people asked us um, to ask you what are you, what what's on the cards. What have you got around the corner? Uh, I've just finished a, 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 an episode of Casualty down in Cardiff, which I loved. Lovely people, lovely people to work with. Um, I'm just about to do a drama for ITV, uh, the, the, the cops and robbers type of thing. And then after that, I've, I can't think what the next thing. There's something else in the pipeline. I can't remember what it is. So you're busy, keeping yourself yeah. busy. Which is yeah, great. yeah, Fantastic. absolutely. After so two long- years of the pandemic... It's a joy to go back to work. Of course, of course. So a long career, going back a long way. I don't know when you first started. You were certainly in the six, early early to mid-60s, wasn't it? So No, 60, uh, September 69, I joined Equity. Is that when you joined? Right, okay, yeah. so a long, 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 long time. Looking back then, you know, what stands out most? You've done so many fantastic things. Is there any one thing that you would, if you could transport yourself back in time now and think, I'd like to go back to a period when I was doing blah, blah, blah. What would it be? Well, that's difficult because there, there, there's a few. And, and mo- mostly it's theatre. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, I, I thought I did a... I, I loved my time doing Miss Saigon, playing the engineer. I loved playing Coco in The Black Mikado. And, uh, and my two years with the RSC doing Shakespeare yeah, yeah, was phenomenal. I loved it. And you did and, Dick, uh, you did Dick Whittington, didn't you, in Manchester at the Royal Exchange in the 70s as well? Yes, um, they, they commissioned me to write a pantomime and do the music and 
and direct it. Direct uh, it as well, yeah. 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 So that was that must have been a very busy period for you to be doing doing all that. that. That certainly was, but so enjoyable. Lovely people to work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So looking back, in terms of you know the things that people remember, people remember you for all sorts of things. But just that that sort of for those of us of a certain generation, I'm 49. So those of a certain generation, for us, your we think of you as that kids TV presenter doing play school. What do you think you gained out of that more than anything in terms of what what's that done for you in terms of your career and life generally doing that kind of program, that kids program? Not, not necessarily for my kids. Yeah, for, not for my career. But uh, w- what I loved about it was uh, it, it introduced my music to an audience. Um, that was a, a fond love of mine. And uh, and I was I was desperate to get. Uh, and make myself a better musician and and compose and and leave a legacy for kids with with some some mu- some music. Yeah. Uh, you had Danny Kay doing Hans Christian Andersen. His stuff at Inchworm, Inchworm. Um, they're classics and they've been handed down through generations to generations. And you know, like Heads and Tails has. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and and Bod uh, and and certain certain songs from Play School that were popular, and they will go on. And I think that 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 gives, that gladdens my heart. Derek, it's been lovely chatting to you um, and to I've you. Got some fantastic memories. I'm sure everyone will be uh, will have enjoyed listening to this. And uh, all the best of luck for the future. We'll we'll look out for you um, wherever you next turn up. Probably Casualty or this drama on on ITV. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. The brilliant Derek Griffith speaking to Ashley about his long and varied career. And if you've a favourite from your younger years watching TV or film who you'd like to suggest for a distinct nostalgia interview or reunion, drop us an email to info at madeinmanchester.tv. As well as amazing interviews, the Distinct Nostalgia podcast is also home to an epic radio quiz. Oh, I've never heard of it. Where listeners just like you go head-to-head on their favourite TV shows and films and put their general knowledge to the test. There's a bonus point if you can sing the theme tune, but I know you're not going to, are you? Skippy, 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 the bush kangaroo is all I can remember. Well, that that earns you a point. Yeah, I'll go for that. A brand new season of the Distinct Nostalgia Mind of the Month quiz is almost here, and it needs you. Prisoner cell block. Cell block B. Prisoner cell block H. Simply pick your favourite TV show or film and get in touch at distinctnostalgia.com or by messaging us on Twitter. Have a go at three British films. Just have a guess. Oh, whistle down the wind, carry on up the Khyber. Um, no, this is rubbish, I'm sorry. No, I don't <laughs> that, know. <laughs> that, they're not bad attempts, actually. And the two leading minds from across the month compete head-to-head in the final for a coveted Distinct Nostalgia mug. It's almost like a trophy. The Distinct Nostalgia Mind of the Month quiz. Got there in the <laughs> (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. They always are. (laughs)